0: The word empty is rarely a beautiful thing, but emptiness in the scriptures and emptiness in the story that you know and that I know is a beautiful thing. It's a powerful thing. It's a life-changing thing, the emptiness that you may have experienced. I I don't know if you've ever had an empty day. Uh, Yesterday, I was... uh, going to mow lawns with my son, and we were in the truck together, and I reached back, and an instant pain shot through my body, because my shoulder had dislocated. I, 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 that was a familiar pain, and I, I remember the day when that started many years ago, when my much younger son begged his dad to take him sledding, and so... We went sledding down there the palace, uh, where the palace used to be, rather, and now there where there's a Cracker Barrel. There's this huge hill, and when covered with snow, it becomes a veritable adventure and a high-revenue stream for the local ERs. <laughs> then we went sailing down that hill, and as we careened toward the bottom, there was a young child, and, and not wanting to hit the child, we turned the sled, and as we turned, we were going too fast. We began to roll, and so I stuck out my arm instinctively, tried to wrap myself around my son who was sitting in front of me, and in that moment, I dislocated it for the first time. And so at the bottom of the hill, there's this 35-year-old man going, Aah! and a five-year-old going, yeah, that was fun, Dad. Let's do it again. I remember that day. I had dislocated my shoulder. I spent a couple of hours in the ER, I had a dentist appointment later that day. I had my first cavity. It was terrible. It was was an empty day. It was a day that the only good thing in it was the ending of it. You ever have a day like that? A day in your family, a day at work, a day with a relationship, a day when just everything that could have gone wrong did Ever have your plans changed, a door closed, your dreams crushed? Everything that you expected to happen, to not only not happen, but almost everything went in reverse order? If you've had a day like that, you can identify with the day that the disciples had been having. The past two days, you see, had been pretty empty. They had not seen this coming. They knew emptiness, but they had never known emptiness like this, their world was destroyed when three beams, three nails and two beams and one very long, horrific day. Like Jim said, it was a body like no other. Blood like no other being sacrificed in a way that they did not understand. And this... For the three years that they had followed Jesus was not how they saw the story ending. None of them, none of them could imagine that this Messiah who healed with just a touch, that this Messiah who walked upon the water, this Messiah who made the the lame to walk and the blind to see, they could never have dreamed that this day would come. And now it all seems so empty. And in addition to all, just being in this numbness, this state of shock, this state of emptiness, they just couldn't shake this pressing thought that that maybe, maybe, G, maybe they had been conned. Maybe Jesus was not who he claimed to be. Maybe he was just a, a charlatan, a con man, someone who had just fooled them. So amazingly, a huckster who had died a shameful criminal's death. How could this have happened? You see, you and I come to Easter Sunday almost anticipating victory, almost ready for it. But you need to remember that as they entered that very first resurrection Sunday, it was an empty day. If you turn to Luke chapter 24, we're going to be looking at Luke's account of the resurrection, as we think about the ways in which they were empty. The first thing we understand is that the women were empty of hope. Now, if you're turning in your Bibles, if you have one of those pew Bibles, you'll want to turn to page 1135, if you don't know where Luke 24 is, and follow along, Adrian's going to read for us from the Scripture. Adrian, if you'll read Luke chapter 24, verses 1 through 3, please.
1: But on the first day of the week... At the early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus.
0: Consider consider for just a moment what happens, what you feel, when someone you truly love dies. I mean, when someone, you, you just, your heart and soul is, is intertwined with them and how raw and numb it feels. But, but now double that, compound that with the emotion of what happens when someone that you love with all your heart and they die in an unexpected way at an unexpected time. This death was not just death to them. It had the stinging rebuke of criminality, of shame. They they were filled with fear and and doubt and and wonder about what what about was to happen. You see, the, the, the women did not just come early that Sunday morning in the darkness of the hours to prepare a body. They were coming to prepare themselves for the new reality without Jesus for the questions that would follow for the doubts that would come can you just imagine the conversation as they talked together as they as they went toward that tomb they came to bury him they came to bury him him who said of himself i am the resurrection and the life maybe even they you remember when he said that and yet here we are walking to the tomb their hope that morning was razor thin their doubts were sky high as we continue through the story it's no wonder that the women were empty of courage adrian if you'll please read verses 4 through 11 of our story please
1: while they were perplexed about this behold two men stood by them in dazzling apparel and as they were frightened and bowed their heads to the ground the men said to them Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, and be crucified, and on the third day rise. And they remembered his words, and returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene, and Joanna, and Mary the mother of James and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them.
0: The women obviously were afraid for many reasons. The fear, the doubts, the questions that we talked about, possibly being ostracized, being mocked, maybe coming upon a Roman soldier heading back from guarding the tomb they didn't know what they would see or what to expect what would happen to all of them persecution perhaps even death like their beloved teacher and now now as they crest over the hill as the sun's rays begin to cross the horizon they look and they see they see the outline the the, the, the shadow of the tomb but there in the center of the tomb where the stone should be is an emptiness where the stone has been rolled away. How how could this happen? The stone, I mean, was weighed as much as a a car. Uh, It had been rumored that there was a guard posted there. How possibly was this stone rolled away? How was it possibly taken aback? Uh, All of this was surprising enough, and then inside the tomb were two glowing men. And they say to the women, What are you doing here? You're in the wrong place. Hey, you don't go to the cemetery looking for living people. You, you just don't. It's not something you don't do. There. there are certain things. I'm 40 years old, and I realize there are certain things you just don't do in life. You don't squeeze the Charmin. You don't tug on Superman's cape. You don't go to Chick-fil-A on Sunday. And you don't go to the cemetery looking for people. You go to the cemetery to leave people. And generally speaking, the people who are left in the cemetery tend to remain in the cemetery. And yet, for the first time, something's happened. In that there was one who went into the tomb who didn't stay in the tomb. And these women then embark on the first ever Mission Sunday. We're having Mission Sunday next Sunday. This was the very first Mission Sunday. These women were, were, you might say, the very first missionaries. They came with an unbelievable message, uh, 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 an indescribable message. Can you even imagine, as they left, the, the, the men who said, What are you doing? Why are you seeking the living among the dead? Don't you remember what he told you? Did you forget? Did you forget what He said? Did you forget what He did? You should have known this was coming. And as they leave in joy and enthusiasm and wonder and just absolute amazement at what God has done, they go to the disciples and don't you know they're overcome, and they're talking a mile a minute, and they can't can't quite fathom even in their own minds what they've just seen. If they're crazy, and as they head back in, and they tell the the, the disciples, don't you know that they didn't even believe them because because what happened that morning was an unbelievable message. It shouldn't have been, but it, but it was an unbelievable. It was ima- unimaginable. It was indescribable. God was doing something new. You see, every story has a twist. That's what makes stories good. Like, if you have a a show or a movie that you like to watch on Netflix, it's the twist. It's the thing that you don't see coming. Here's the twist. You ready? The twist is nobody expected nobody. They didn't see it coming. You and I wouldn't have expected it. We can't really blame them. The apostles didn't expect it. The disciples didn't expect it. His enemies, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the religious leaders, the Romans. No one expected the emptiness of the tomb. Here is something profound. Most people who die tend to stay dead. And yet not our Jesus. That's what makes Christianity different, you see. You see, Muhammad, Muhammad is still dead. He's still in the grave. Confucius, he's still dead. He's still in the grave. Buddha, still dead, still in the grave. We serve a risen Savior. That's why when you see a cross, you go cross the, the foyer here in, in the multi-purpose room, you'll see a cross there, but it's empty. There's no body there because we serve a risen Savior. He's no longer crucified. He's no longer dead. No, He has not only overcome death, He's conquered it. And the cross is empty and the tomb is as well. The empty tomb, you see, is central to our faith. It's the core of the church. It's got to be the passion of our preaching. It's got to be the message of every mission is the truth about nobody. Paul put it like this in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. If you're following along in the Pew Bible, you'll want to turn to 1 Corinthians 15, which is on page 1,233. And Paul wrote, now if Christ is preached that he has been raised from the dead, then how do some among you say there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain. Your faith is also in vain. What Paul is saying is, is if Christ has not been raised, then what I'm doing this morning is a fool's errand. Y'all can leave. We can shut off the lights. We can lock the doors. We can bar. We put a for sale sign in the yard if Jesus has not been raised. There is no purpose to it. There is no reason for it. But if He has been raised, it changes everything. Now think about what this means for just a second. Let that sink in. If Jesus was not raised, then nothing that he said matters. But if Jesus has been raised, then everything he says matters. Why we encourage you to take a Bible this morning, why we want you to read it and live it and study it, is because the words of Jesus matter if he came out of that tomb. If he conquered death and the grave once and for all, then we should pay as much time as we can to his words, to his instructions, because his words are something special. Skeptics know this. Many have denied. Many theories have tried. Some people have even lied. But there is one fact that you cannot hide, that there was no body They never found a body. Uh, They they never brought forth. You see, every skeptic, every theory, every thought, every doubt of Christianity could have been justified if but forth they would bring a body. But they never have. 2,000 years, the tomb remains empty. Despite being empty of hope and belief, God had done the unthinkable. God had emptied the tomb. Adrian, if you'll read Luke chapter 24, we're back down in Luke, Luke chapter 24, and just read verse 12, and we step into a sub-story of the resurrection moment. It's not now about the women or the men at the cemetery, but about Peter's response. Adrian, verse 12, please.
1: But Peter rose and ran to the tomb. Stooping and looking in, he saw the linen cloths by themselves, and he went home marveling at what had happened.
0: Can you just imagine what Peter is thinking? As he hears this message, and he rises, and he takes off dead sprint straight for the tomb. Why? What's he thinking as he's running? What what thoughts are possibly going through his mind? Because you remember the last time that Peter saw Jesus, right? You remember that famous story, rather that infamous story, when Jesus and Peter locked eyes from a distance? It was as Jesus was being denied by his friend of the last three years, by his follower, by the one who pulled close to Jesus and said, Never, Lord. I'll go with you to the death. Amen." all fall away. But that night, that early morning, as darkness surrounded, Peter, for the third time, said to a girl he did not know, I don't know the man! And the scripture records that after he did that, Jesus looked straight away at him and Peter went and wept bitterly. Now, I'm not sure where you are in your story this morning. I'm, I'm pretty sure that, that, that some of you in here have some sin. I'm pretty sure that some of you have some big sin. You think, man, I, I, just, I just don't feel comfortable in church. Because, because if they knew what I've done, or maybe you're just sitting there kind of cynical. These church people are just so hypocritical. think they're so much better than everybody. You need to hear Peter's story. You need to know that that the man who denied Jesus face-to-face ran to the tomb with new hope. With the story of resurrection that could conquer even death, even sin... If Jesus rose, you see, then Jesus won. With Jesus, because of the resurrection, praise God, our failures are not final. There's new hope and there's, there's new opportunity. There's new mercy and new grace to be found through Jesus Christ alone. Through his empty tomb. You see, his resurrection, it's not just his story. It's not just the women's story. It's not just Peter's story. It's our story. His resurrection isn't just good news. It's the best of news. You see, because he lives, we can live. Despite being empty on hope and empty on courage, despite being empty of so many things, Jesus was about to fulfill the very need of their hearts that morning. Jesus was doing to the empty tomb what the law couldn't do, what lit religious religiosity couldn't do, what, what list-making couldn't do, all of the things that couldn't be done by us, Jesus did on the cross, and by the resurrection opened up the opportunity for all of us to live, to not just have life, but to have, as Jesus said, life abundant. You see, because He conquered death, because He I, Because he conquered death. Because He conquered death. You and I can too. The truth be told, there's coming a day when you will do a battle with death. And they might roll your body right up here in a casket. Or they might have you in an urn. And some people might weep at that day and they might be sad for what they have lost. But if you're in Jesus Christ, make no mistake, you have not lost a thing. Because in Jesus Christ, death is nothing. The book of Romans says, Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? Ah, if you're in Jesus Christ, if I'm doing the funeral, I may get up here and I may recount your life and I may give a few lessons, but I will not weep for you because I know where you are. And if you're in Jesus Christ, then death is not an end. Death is merely a transition, a changing of the order from something old to something new. With Jesus Christ, you see, because of his empty tomb, we have hope for our empty tomb. May we not forget that. It sure puts perspective on a lot of things. It changes this world. So how does this happen? You see, the gospel story is the story of Jesus. The the, the story could be simplified in three pictures. Death on a cross, being buried in a tomb, and being raised three days later. It's simple to understand, but you need to understand that our hope is in the last picture. As was mentioned, John chapter 11, Jesus said to Mary, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me Though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. And then come the last four questions that he posed to her that I want to pose to you. And that is this. Do you believe this? Because if you put your hope in his resurrection, you can certainly have hope in your own resurrection. Do you believe that what happened on Sunday to Him, can happen someday to you. His resurrection gives you hope for your resurrection. Now, that doesn't just happen automatically, by the way, as it's not just by inviting Jesus into your heart or or praying a special prayer. No, Jesus never invited people to, to invite Him. Jesus invited people to follow Him. He said, Believe and be baptized and you will be saved. The Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 6 wrote it this way, penned so beautifully, I'm just going to quote the author. We were buried therefore with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might have Newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united in a resurrection like his. Isn't that a beautiful, powerful promise? That if you're in Jesus, the resurrection isn't just a story you celebrate about something that happened 2,019 years ago. The resurrection is the story of what God's doing now in your life and in your heart making you And me, new again. We have new life, life abundant, but only through Jesus Christ. How? By dying to ourselves, by repenting of sin, by being buried, baptized, immersed in the water, symbolizing what Jesus did in the tomb. But then, just as Jesus didn't stay in the tomb, they're not going to leave you under the water unless you get a very inexperienced baptizer, which is not good. They're going to bring you up out of the water. And you'll be covered in the water. But more importantly, you'll be washed in the blood. And your death will no longer have power over you. There will be no more sting in it. You'll have hope of the resurrection. You see, the good news is that because He was raised, you and I can be too. I realize Easter Sunday is a big day, a lot of plans, a lot of things happening. There is no more important thing that I'm going to ask you right now. And that is, do you believe Jesus is the resurrection and the life? If you believe that and you believe it enough to follow him the rest of your life and turn away from sin, then this morning you need to finalize that by being buried with him so that you might be raised with him. Jesus didn't stay dead, and if you're in Jesus, you won't stay dead either. If you are ready to follow him, then come today. If you're ready to have the hope of resurrection, come today. Don't let the resurrection miss you. It was an empty tomb, but it can fulfill every promise. That God ever made. This morning, if you have a need, if you need the hope of Jesus, if you need to know Jesus, please come as together we stand and sing.